Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Don Pizzette. Don, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Exciting week. Tons and tons of breaches. Like, we can't even report on all the companies that got breached. Uh, we'll, we'll just talk about a couple where we know the details, like how people got in. Uh, but, you know, I, I wish it was one of those cool weeks where it's like, hey, here's all this great new hardware that came out. But no, no that's not the no. world we live in. That was last week. Yeah, that was Apple yeah. last week. But <laughs> yeah, now it's like exhibit and pimp my ride. Like, I heard you like breaches. Now your breaches got breaches. <laughs> He's my... probably done that. Yeah. 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 That was, that's that was... a different sentence in like 1896. <laughs> your, your britches, yeah. <laughs> your britches got breeches. Yeah, they do. And that is the voice of Daniel Lowry. Daniel, how are you today? Hola, cómo está? And we are, uh, yeah, reaching out into the Latin American markets now. New so markets. Congratulations. Yep. Won't leave anybody out. That was the extent of <laughs> uh, of, of the customization there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Baby steps. You'll have to rely on YouTube's <laughs> captioning. Banyo, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the bibliotech and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, a Anything that was taught in seventh grade, yeah. uh, Spanish one. Or uh, Pulp Let Fiction, right? Oh. Donde esta la zapateria? Yeah. Or Pulp Fiction. El Pollo Loco. <laughs> that is right. yeah, yeah, Breaking Bad, Scott. I want the crazy want chicken. Everything I learned was from television. <laughs> all right, well, let's jump in. As Don said, uh, we're going to get to some of those breaches a little bit later. Uh, but first, we've got some news from Bleepy Computer. Uh, on the Microsoft front, Windows Terminal gets support for creating custom themes. And that's what I've always said about Windows Terminal, that I would use it more <laughs> if it were just more fun. And ran on a Mac. And, and ran on a Mac, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, as far as I can see, the custom themes is just like colors. Uh, so there's actually two pieces to okay. it. And, and at a quick glance, it does look like it's just colors, which technically is what a theme is, yeah. uh, but you can also set a background image now. Ooh. And so you can have an image in the background of your terminal. Now, I, we've reported on the Windows terminal a few times over the years. I love it. I think it's great. You know, the Windows command prompt was neglected for a long, long time, and the Windows terminal adds so much cool stuff. I just love having a, a tabbed terminal where I can have a Windows shell, PowerShell, uh, uh, the Windows subsystem for Linux. You know, I can have Linux shells, and, and just all right side by side. I use the heck out of this thing, and I... I am sitting on a Mac right now, so I can't run it on this laptop, but uh, when I'm on Windows machines, I do use it a lot. So themes and personalization like this is stuff that just makes it easier to use. And uh, one thing they, they were kind of fighting with was determining whether they should be in light mode or dark mode, depending on your desktop. So now they're going to default to the dark mode. So this is all in a preview feature right now. Uh, it'll be rolling out to everybody in the next couple of months. But right now, if you want to try it out, you can go to their GitHub repository for Windows Terminal download the latest beta, and have it up and running. And the uh, the themes are kind of cool. You know, I complain a lot about Windows. About everything. I do. I'm a complainer. I like to just point out, you know, the infractions that you make on a daily basis. But I actually thought this was a, this was a step in the right direction for the old Windows systems because I like options. I like being able to make things the way I like them. And then going this way, you know, obviously, you know, they're not the first person to do this, but... At least they're finally joining the race and and doing something where the end user has some really cool things that can make that system their own. I I, I give this a thumbs up. Uh, well, who does not is one of our commenters from last week's episode uh, where you talked about <laughs> Windows 11 encryption who said, Windows is spyware, not secure, <laughs> not private, etc. People need to wake up, but they are so brainwashed by the government, who has nothing to do with Windows, and criminal organizations like Microsoft. 
Hmm. Well, there you go. All you know, I, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, there, there is a, a not inaccurate movement that says that Windows collects more telemetry today than it ever has done in history. And that's a, that's a true statement. You know, it, it does collect a lot of information. Now, you have to determine whether or not you trust that Microsoft is anonymizing the data the way they say they are doing it. Uh, if they are anonymizing the data, then this gentleman or woman, I, I don't know, their, their concerns are not, uh, I know, I gender ID somebody, <laughs> uh, but the uh, uh, their concerns are, are not valid in that case. But mm-hmm. we've seen time and time again where companies do not actually anonymize data, in which case they have some valid concerns. Now, in the United States, do you guys know how big, like how many pages our privacy law is? I have no clue. We have a privacy law? <laughs> That's the right okay. answer. Uh, in the United States, we don't have privacy yeah. laws. Certain so states do. Like California has stuff. California, and... Virginia. There's a couple that are trying, but we just don't have privacy laws. So technically, Microsoft is not a criminal organization in the United States, uh, at least not for that, <laughs> maybe for other things. But in the EU, that's a different story, and we'll see how it plays out. So I, I don't want to discount the you know the, the, the person who commented. like that. That's a valid concern, assuming mm-hmm. certain assumptions come true, right? But so so you're saying Microsoft alleges to anonymize everything, whereas I mean someone like Google, they're tying that all back to you as, a, as an individual. <laughs> yeah. Would you say who do you think has more data on us? Google. Is it, I, yeah, would guess Google. I, I would say Google. Google yeah. certainly has a ton, and you know Microsoft has a hard time tying identities together when you move between devices. Versus Google does a really good job of that. Uh, Meta is that Facebook, why they always right? ask me to sign into Chrome on every device? Oh yeah, Shoot. that's a big part of it. <laughs> yeah, and it. and why they want you to use that identity to log in on other yeah other sites and so on. Yeah, I knew it. Well, um, all I got to say is we got to move this show along because. Uh, when, once I started the last article, a spider touched my elbow, uh, and then I saw it run across the arm, and I was not able to get it in time. <laughs> hey, so. you're going to be able to like swing from the walls and stuff oh, before too so? long. That'd yeah. be awesome, yeah. 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 No, nothing yet. Yeah. I don't know if that comes over. Traditionally, he builds web shooters. He, he doesn't have an organic webbing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well. Wait, Spider-Man? Yeah. Spider-Man's like a genius level IQ. Right. Even but that's high not school. built into him? So when he was bit by the spider, sure. along came the instincts of the spider, which is to the idea and the formula for webbing. So that's like so he, in the suit. He constructs. Have you have you guys seen the newest movie? Yeah. Where like one of them actually does yeah. shoot it out of his wrist? Yeah. Yeah. And they, they were so like. So the, the Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. Sam Raimi version of, of the Spider-Man universe, they made him have organic web. I guess okay. they just didn't want yeah. to. Which was funny because it kind of takes away from the story, so they had to bring it back in where he was unable to use web in the third uh, uh, installment of that series <laughs> because he had like – but it was a mental block, whereas in the in the comics, he would run out of the solution that creates the web and be like, oh, crap. <laughs> you know? you're, you're just giving the spider more time now, can we? Yeah. I know. We should move to an all-new studio. Yeah. Yes. That, we, should. Yeah, we should burn this building <laughs> to the ground. Now. Get that spider. That's my vote. All right. Well, let's take a look at our next one. It's from TheVerge.com. Intel processor will replace Pentium and Celeron in 2023 laptops. There's, there's still Pentium? We're still, we're still got Pentiums? You know, so they, they use that name for certain products. And you have they to remember, do, okay. like, they still sell 486 CPUs out there. Because, uh, really? yeah, they're used in um, uh, embedded devices and things where you don't uh, need yeah, a lot of CPU Like IoT power. kind of stuff. Cisco routers for years had 486 CPUs because they didn't need a high-powered GP. I mean, a, a high-powered general purpose processor. They mm-hmm. just needed something to boot up and load the BIOS and all that. And then they would transition over to ASICs, the application-specific integrated circuits. So 
Intel still has a full product line of all this stuff, and, and some of them do get the Pentium brand. And so, like, when you buy an i5 or an i9, those actually do still have the Pentium brand attached to them. Uh, the Celeron brand is used heavily in some of the netbooks they sell, the stuff that goes on on really deep discount on Black Friday and mm -hmm. stuff like that, Cyber Monday. Um, those are, are labeled Celeron. But that is going to change in 2023. So those names, the name Pentium and the name Celeron, going away, and they're just going to call them Intel processors. So you'll have i3, i5, i7, i9. You'll have some of the M series. That's what'll take the place of the Celerons for the most part. Uh, just be a new naming convention. No, I, I will say this. Uh, this headline kind of confused me because replace Intel with AMD and then reread it. AMD processor will replace Pentium and Celeron yeah. in 2023. I thought those were Intel processors. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the mic is I mean, I miss something no, this, here? This is a case of marketing having to justify their existence, which is <laughs> is what uh, tells me that in two years we'll have another story where they're yeah. like, oh, they're bringing back and they're calling this next one the Pentium X. And it's oh, like, yeah, it'll yeah. be like uh, we've talked about iPads where you can't figure out when your iPad was made based on yeah. the naming. Same thing, uh, I think, probably in the future. Well, do you know? Do you know the story behind where the Pentium name came from? I don't. So, you know, the Intel, they had the 8086 processor and, you know, the 286, 386, 486. And so when it was time to release a 586, there was real competition in the market. And apparently, uh, the U.S. Patent Office will not allow you to patent a number. Hmm. And so they couldn't patent or trademark 586. They, so they could probably patent Intel 586, but not to just to say... We're the ones that have five. So they said instead we're going to come up with a name, and so the Pentium Pent is I don't know five. Greek or Latin or something yeah. like five, oh. uh, and so that was where Pentium came from. So it was really just because they they wanted a name they could trade. So was the Pentium two just seven? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. It would be VII. Like right? I don't use Roman numerals. <laughs> I use uh, I use Pentium uh, or Intel language. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. But yeah, so those names are going away and. And there you go. So, uh, so what are they going to be? Are they? They tell us what they're replacing it with. They, they'll just be just called Intel just Intel. Intel processor. Yep, so it'll be an Intel i5 or well, Intel M3. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I still I get confused with it anyway. Like I get Core is their main flagship processor or whatever, mm -hmm. and then they have. Celerons and one. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it probably makes sense to simplify. There's probably people that think, oh, I don't want an Intel chip. I want a Celeron chip. Yeah. Or, you know, people that don't maybe yeah. know as much. So just to, to bring it into one brand and centralize. <laughs> just, just say Intel processor, good. <laughs> you know, yeah. Intel processor, okay. Intel processor, <laughs> yeah. cheapo. Yeah, I, make it easy for me. It is a mess. I mean, AMD's not much better, right? Yeah. AMD Zen 4, Zen, Ryzen, yeah, Ryzen 7500. Like, it, it's just confusing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. All right, so uh, I love this next story. This one is from uh, businessinsider.com. Uh, the last man selling floppy disks says airlines continue to make orders for the ancient storage technology. And it's funny because when I was at Datocon last week and there was a, a company that their handout was uh, those three and a half inch floppies with like a sticker on it. And yeah. the sticker is basically like the business card. And, I, and I, was, I asked the guy, I said, is there actually anything on this? He's like, I, hell if I know. And I'm like, it's probably like AOL free minutes or something. Yeah. But like the Michelangelo virus. Yeah, yeah. Like, are they going and buying, uh, you know, just old leftover ones and just putting their stickers on there? Or was there some kind of, you know, Easter egg that I will never know because, well, I don't know. Is there a three and a half inch floppy anywhere I, in this office? Uh, I have one at home. You have one at home? Yeah. 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 yeah I figured, yeah, somebody, somebody in this, you know, group would have one at home. But uh, they're saying that the airlines are still using it, which to me is frightening. 
So, you know, several years ago, uh, well, actually, this would be a lot of years ago now. So 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. uh, I was in Seattle. So I, I lived in Seattle for a little while. And it was the 4th of July. And they had a fireworks display from the Space Needle, right? So, you know, they, they actually launched the fireworks from the top of the Space Needle. It's, it's amazing. Cool. You can see yeah. it all over town. And so we had gathered to, to watch it. And uh, the fireworks started to go off. And then it stopped. And it just sat there. And we, we sat there for like 10 minutes. Nothing happened. And then all of a sudden, every firework went off at once. Oh just this gosh. massive, Whoa. like, grand finale, whatever. And, and I was like, man, what, what happened? Uh, and then in the news the next day, they released that the program for the fireworks was actually saved on floppy disk. Oh my gosh. And they started the program running. So it started launching on the sequences. And after three or four launches, it, it froze. <laughs> and so then they decided to, to, to trigger it manually. They were just going to run down and try and do it. And they didn't know how to do that. And they <laughs> and literally every firework oh, went off gosh. at the same time. And just boom. <laughs> that amazing. must have been crazy. Yeah. But it, it was it was powered on floppy disk. That was and, and that was only what fourteen years ago. Yeah. 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 So it, it's out there. So I remember how many discs it took to install. F- Flight simulator. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this this isn't going into the plane itself to to boot up the plane at the beginning, right? I mean, we're saying the airline. Yeah, right? yeah. well, I'm asking. I want to know. Listen, I would think they're at least we, on we those put, drives We put people in space with less That's than true. floppy disks. But I want to know, yeah, it's so. at least those 100 megabyte zip drives. So I, I had a conversation with uh, an engineer at NASA. Uh, I, I did a, a contract at NASA years ago. And when I walked into their data center... Uh, this was for uh, Space Gateway Services. When I walked in the data center, there were reel-to-reel machines in the front row of their data center. So they had you know row and rows yeah. of servers, but the very first row was all reel-to-reel. And I said at the time, I was like, wow, do you just keep those to remember where you came from or whatever? <laughs> and they said... No, we recorded launch data last week on those. Yeah, that's from the Space yeah. Center. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they said, well, here's, here's the deal. NASA can't just adopt any random technology, so it needs to be out for 10 years to prove that it's stable mm-hmm. and reliable. And so then they adopt it, and they have to develop for it for 10 years. And so then it's ready for them to put people's lives in danger with, right? So and then, 20 years after the technology came out. And then they start. need to use it for at least 10 more years to get their money's worth out of it. And so the technology that's in place, and, and this is on like the, the Mars rover that everybody yeah. was all excited about, had some like tandy walkie-talkie <laughs> technology built onto it that was 20 years old. And, They're and like, so, crap, Radio Shack closed when we get the parts. <laughs> when, when people's lives are in danger, they don't want the latest and greatest. Mm-hmm. But it does seem a little odd. They would like Floppies are so easy to replace with Flash that it, it seems odd they would still use them. Yeah, because just the storage, yeah. Uh, the, he also says, uh, and when I say he, uh, that is Tom Persky, the founder of floppydisk.com, who, who is one of the few people still selling these. He says the medical sector is another, and that would be the, the same reason, I'd imagine. We don't want the, uh, you know, the, the things that are breathing for you to yeah. be, you know, the latest thing that doesn't have a, a patch or something. So, so if your iron lung with a... Yeah. <laughs> If you're curious, he sells a 50-pack for only $59.95. Whoa. Which is not that different than the pricing back in the 1990s when these mattered. Well, it's probably harder to find <laughs> now. 50-pack. Because I, th- I, I doubt he's manufacturing them still. I bet he just bought a bunch of old stock. Uh, yeah, looking at the site, uh, I see Verbatim brand, Emation brand. So he's got different brands. You're, you're probably right. He probably does not manufacture them. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, now I wish I had kept one of those floppy disks from that conference, and I could so, have given it to Don. He, you wouldn't have put it in your, in your computer. Though, I thought you were talking about how much money I, it would. I'm curious to see what was on it. Yeah. Just, 
uh, I was uh, I introduced my oldest daughter to Thundercats this weekend. Oh wow, <laughs> which she absolutely loves. And I was she was talking about you know wanting to dress up. The like, new one, isn't there? A new no, one? no, no, no. This is the, the okay, original no. eighty five, right, right? And she's like, I want to dress up like Wiley Kit. Uh, for Halloween, I'm like, man, I used to have a Thundercat outfit, and I went on eBay. It's four hundred seventy-five dollars. <laughs> oh, jeez, like, uh, you will not be dressing up. No, so, no. So I, you know, I, I watched some of the Thundercats with my kids. Uh, yeah. or I, I started to, and we watched the pilot, and I was like, I don't remember them all being naked. Yeah, I do. Uh, and I, I guess it turns out it was like just oh, in the I very do. beginning, and then the studios yeah. complained, and so they put clothes on them. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a whole section where they were like explaining how now that we're going away from, you know, Thundera, yeah. you will need protective clothing. <laughs> where... All right. Let's form into what you wrap your legs around. I didn't here. remember them being like insanely strong. Uh, Panthro like grabbed a mace and crushed it like wow. it exploded. And then he picked up the thunder tank. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm in, like, what the heck? I didn't realize defense, there was a Hulk. Panthro was a badass. He I was mean, a badass. There's no <laughs> doubt. And my daughter asked me if you could be any of the Thundercats. I'm like, Panthro. Oh, give it. That's yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. Easy <laughs> win for Panthro there. That's fun. You're raising them right. Yeah. Good for you. The Row Bears. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at our next one from it.slash.org. Microsoft Teams stores auth tokens as clear text in Windows, Linux, and Macs, which, um, you know, from the little I know, is bad, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a, there's actually two red flags in this story. So one of them is the fact that, hey, you know, here we have tokens stored in plain text. And if you're not familiar with tokens, when you log into a website or a service and you provide username and password, maybe you do MFA, right? So once you pass through authentication, an authentication token is generated. It's like a identity string for you. And then every other message you send to that server, you send that token along with it, and that's your authentication. That's how it knows who you are. If someone gets a hold of your token... They can hijack your session. They can take over the session, and now they are effectively you, and they don't have to log in, and they just got past MFA and all that other mess. That's really bad. Uh, so that, that that's one red flag. The other red flag, though, is that the researchers reported this to Microsoft, and Microsoft said, eh, it's not a big deal. <laughs> it seems to be their, their MO when they get stuff. Well, yeah, it's not a big deal. We're this is where I wanted to get your opinion, Daniel, because uh, Microsoft does have a bit of a point in that in order for an attacker to take advantage of this, they would have to be on your network, so they have to share your, okay. your public IP to be able to hijack the session. Okay. Uh, but they would also have to have access to your file system to be able to get at the at the token. Okay. So at that point, is the token particularly so the problem? <laughs> if they have to like have legit access to your file system to get the token, and it's like... Is it not crossing the wire at any point in time? Well, it's, it's encrypted it just... when it crosses the wire, okay. so it, it's being stored at rest. All right, so they're text. doing a good job at passing tokens back and forth. All right. Yep. So if it's encrypted and you have to have access to the de-encryption capabilities, then yeah, I, I could see them being like, it would be so difficult for someone to gain access to this thing that it's improbable. It's not impossible, but it's improbable. Well, but you're it saying, would, Don, if, if, even if you do get access, that means you've already had access to the Well, network. they at least have access to that device. I mean, yeah. if you have like yeah. a big flat network, then yeah, you might have access to other areas in the organization. But if it's most networks are segmented data, isn't it? So you have very limited control and capabilities of, of crossing that network. So you're probably kind of stuck pivoting is what you're looking to do once you gain access to a system. But if you had that token at that point in time, you could at least get into the Teams messaging system. It's not impossible. Yeah. It's it's just like it seems unlikely that it would that it would happen. See, I figured you were saying Microsoft was like, ah, not a big deal because they didn't want to pay a bug bounty. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that, haven't they done that before? Or they're like, mm, no. they have, but they've got the money to pay yeah. the bug yeah. bounty. So I, I do tend That's to the rich stay rich, Don. <laughs> I do tend to believe Microsoft when they say it's a lower priority on things like this. But uh, sometimes they're wrong. It, it happens. It and, does. And so the security researcher is doing the right thing and saying, all right, well, if you don't think it's severe, I'm going to release it to the world. Let's find out if it's severe. Right? <laughs> yeah. And and if it turns out that well, there is a way to exploit it, then I bet Microsoft will rush to do a fix, and they'll probably pay the bug bounty too. Uh, but As they it, should. If they release it to the world and it turns out not to be severe, then they, they did the right thing. And Microsoft didn't say they weren't going to fix it. That happens sometimes, right? right? But this time they said they will fix it. It's just a low it. priority. Right. It's just down down the line. And because, yeah. I, I think we just talked about this the previous week, uh, because Teams is an Electron app, yeah, it's the same function on Windows, macOS, and Linux. And that means this affects all three operating systems. So it's in plain text on all three. And my first thought when I saw this was, well, if I've got File Vault on or BitLocker or Lux, if I'm encrypting my underlying file system, then who cares if the token is is encrypted or not? But if I've already booted the system and unlocked the drive, then it's effectively decrypted at that point. And right. so I, I can see where the, the security researcher is coming from. Obviously, they wanted to get a, a feather in their cap. Everybody wants to get a, a CVE yeah. they can claim credit for. Uh, but in this case, we'll have to see if, if somebody finds a way to exploit it. I just bought one on eBay. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of you get, get an yeah. NFT for it? That's how yeah. That works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw CVEs it. on the blockchain, right? I saw a shirt at the, uh, at, at the college football game the other day that said, NFT, non-fungible tailgates. And I was like, <laughs> I like that shirt. I, yeah. So you bought one, one of those? No. Uh, <laughs> so you stole one. It was, it was a one of one. Uh, they only accepted payment in Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So you hit the guy with a sack full of nickels. <laughs> <laughs> it was my dad. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's take a quick break. And we've got those breaches you were talking about to get to. So we'll do that right after this on Technado. Technado. Technado? Technado. Technado. See you then. The IT Pro TV app is available for iOS and tvOS. The modern user interface makes navigation easy. Recently watched videos can be found on the home screen, as well as our daily live streams. Choose landscape mode for larger viewing. Access the entire course library by clicking on the play icon. Navigate our content by category, certification, and job role. Learn where you want and when you want as a premium annual member by downloading episodes for offline viewing. Watch on the go and pick up later on any of your favorite devices. So head to the App Store and download the IT Pro TV app. My name is Dana Morrison. I'm the IT Director at Grace Christian School in Raleigh, North Carolina. I work with two technicians, Buddha and Anthony. We cover all grades at the school. We figure that we support approximately 800 end-user devices. My name is Buddha Nepal. I work as IT support here and AV specialist. I moved into IT department and and on our first meeting, other team members asked me, "Hey." What's your IT background? And I was like, I don't have any. We have this SharePoint project that we're rolling out. So I was able to go to IT Pro TV and um, watch. And by the end of this month, we were actually migrating all our files to SharePoint. I can use IT Pro TV's uh, supervisor portal to check the progress of my technicians so I can see what they're looking at. So when we were doing SharePoint, 
training, I can go in and I can see that Buddha is hitting on that content. I really want to see hands-on how they do things. And if there was an IT Pro TV, I don't know how I would have done that. IT Pro TV has given us the ability to level up our technicians to a point where they can decide this is important for me to learn and go out and learn. At home, I have Apple TV and there is an app there. And so I actually watch on Apple TV. I, I watch it in my iPad too. Saturday mornings, I still get up early. 6.30, I go grab a cup of coffee. I sit down on the couch and I typically watch two or three episodes uh, as I just kind of increase my own learning skill set. I would recommend IT Pro TV to any IT team that is looking to extend their knowledge. Uh, it offers a great, easy to access, interactive, entertaining uh, environment. It's just a great tool uh, for any IT professional. All right, welcome back to TechNado. As promised, uh, we've got some big breach news. We actually had to to pick breach stories because yes. there were like too many breaches. <laughs> there were at least six this week. It was it was tough. Is Discovery going to have breach week? <laughs> oh, breach week. Oh, that'd be great. We, we could do, do that. that yeah. Right? Yeah. Screw, yeah, screw you, Discovery. Yeah, what is sweet in podcasts? Yeah. Do they Gary breaches all week long. Yeah, Man. yeah the Megalodon yeah. breach. All right, we got to work on that. Yeah, we got to put that yeah. in the hopper. I love that. All right. Um, and, and we always tend to, we pick the ones where, We've got some more information. So if like a breach happens today and it's like, well, how did this happen? What are we going to talk about? So we yeah. want to talk about how these things happened and and what we actually know. So let's take a look at who got pwned this week. Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. Yeah! My computer was blocking the dude's face. Let's <laughs> put that right there. All right. So this one, uh, we're back at Slashdot for this one. Uh, record Chinese cyber breach spurs eruption in data for sale. It's a little bit of a confusing headline. But, uh, but Don, you were saying that uh, in this case, if we were going to say who specifically was pwned, it was China. <laughs> Basically, China. the entire country of China. Yeah, uh, so there has been some some information, some PII that has been turning up on the the uh, the dark web, uh, and it really pertains to a ton of Chinese citizens. Uh, some initial ones were very small, like just. 50 million people, and that's it. Uh, then there was another one that was 290 million people. Uh, and now it's grown to about a billion people have had their PII released in databases on the dark web. Is that a pretty bad much thing? most of China? Uh, that is most of China. So China has, I believe, a quarter of the Earth's population. I think it's actually more like is one and a half billion. Okay. Yeah. Um, are they ahead of India? Yeah, they are, it's China, but, but not by much. Yeah. I think India is like yeah. 1.2 billion. I don't know if we have a reliable will, source on populations. On uh, but while you're looking that up, uh, so far it looks like it's come from government health databases. They're not 100 percent sure exactly where the data came from, but it is packed full of verifiable people's names, government ID, and their COVID vaccination status, which is why they think mm. that it came from some of the. The, uh, the health departments, but it could equally come from any of the transportation divisions over there because China had very, very strict rules about if you move from one province to another, you had to show that you were vaccinated. So, you know, these databases like here in the U.S., this could just as likely be the Department of Homeland Security uh, or, you know, any, you know, the federal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What is the what's the one that handles the highway system? Department of Transportation. Uh, yeah. Department of Transportation. I mean, it could be like one of them. Maybe yeah. Department of Interior. If, if yeah. they had yeah. to track people's vaccination status, and that's where this kind of information could come from. Security researchers have been saying for years that 
with China, you have the the Great Firewall of China, right? Mm-hmm. So they've, they've secured their internet from the rest of the world so that they can control that access both in and out, right? They, they stop a lot of attackers from getting into their network. That's the positive side. They stop a lot of their people inside the network from getting out. That's the negative side, right? Uh, well, apparently a lot of organizations within China's firewall think that the network is safe. And so there are thousands of unsecured databases that can be scanned and found. And so this one looks like it falls down to lax security on the people standing up databases. Wow. That's fun. Assumed security. Because that's how it works. Yeah. Right? <laughs> There's some products like MongoDB where it's, yeah. it's blank passwords by default. Uh, MySQL used to be that way, but you know now it, it makes you run a script to set at least a default password. So right. it's funny. Like I, It kind of exposes the fact that they're not the only ones that have ever done that, right? We we do it too. Other countries do it too. Other organizations, people randomly, they just think, oh, this is this is a secure device, or I'm inside of a secure facility or area. I don't have to worry about security. You always have to worry about security. That needs to. That's just that mindset that has to change. It doesn't matter whether or not you believe it's secure. You need to know it's secure because you secured it. That makes sense. That's the way I think. And I was surprised to see the pricing on this one. I'm always surprised to see the pricing on the dark web that if you want the personally identifiable information of 50 million Chinese citizens, you you could be the proud owner of this database right now for the price of $4,000. Wow. Um, now, Shoot, get two. I always look <laughs> yeah. at that and I think, all right, so let's say, let's say I'm the bad guy. I'm a malicious guy. And I pony up $4,000 to buy... PII on 50 million people. What can I then do with that information to get like my $4,000 back? I don't know how it works in China. So I can tell you what you could do with it here. What could you do with it here? I could do a bunch of identity thefts and open a bunch of lines of credit. I'd have a ton of money after that. It does have the government ID, right? So I guess that would be the equivalent of like our social security number. Right. So lines of credit would would certainly be open. I wonder if that works the same way over there, though. I don't know. If it's the same kind of system or... Maybe scam if they're medical. Maybe scam the medical system, get opioids and so yeah. on. Oh, I do like it says opioid. names, phone numbers, IDs, and their COVID status. So with the phone numbers, you could sell that to the annoying people that spam your, you know, yeah. they send you the tech spam. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what weight loss advice you've received today, Peter, but that's the usual one that I get. <laughs> Apparently somebody really thinks I'm Just been called fat obese. a couple times. Yeah. Listen, yeah. <laughs> I like food, okay? Jeez, get off my back. <laughs> Lay off me. I'm starving. I'm starving. Oh, Chris Carly. Carly. Yeah. Oh. All right. I've got, I've got some numbers for you. Don, you said 30% of the population was what you had heard? I said a quarter, a quarter. of the Earth's population. All right. So I've got China here as 1.4 billion as of the end of last year right, so at 17.7%. Okay. Uh, and then I've got India just right behind it, 1.375. Whoa, they've caught up. Uh, at yeah. 17.2%, but that's as of March this year. So China yeah. China could have doubled by now. For wow. <laughs> um, now it's like mitosis. Here's what, here's what surprised me. I, I would not necessarily have guessed the next three countries. Uh, can someone give me number three? Papua New Guinea. <laughs> uh, no. Turkey number, number three, as far as population Or you can density. just tell me three, four, and five. The Samoan Islands. Any order. I, is... Is the United States number three? The United States is number three okay. at 331 million. So there's a one billion uh, like population drop-off d- between two and three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know I saw Russia's number a while back and was surprised how low it was. So it I don't low. think so they're number They're four. number nine at 145 million. UK? No, UK is down uh, pretty far. France down at 20. Brazil? UK is 21. Brazil's seven. Oh, that's a good one, Don. Seven? All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, stay in Asia for the these next two. 
for four and five. Really? Which I, makes me think, like, if I take a, a baseball and I and I glue a couple, you know, quarters to one side, when I throw it, it's going to wobble. How is the earth still just spinning normal <laughs> if everybody is in Asia? Because it's not a baseball. I well, yeah. disagree. I think it's the, th- the threading, right? The mountain threading? Yes, that's it. The yeah. threading of yeah. Nepal. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, number four, I'll give you Indonesia. Oh, no way. Indonesia's wow. rocking 275 million people. No wonder why the skyscrapers are so tall. They, yeah. How do you fit that right. many people it's, on? Yeah, you go vertical they or, go or vertical, go underground. Right. Yeah. Uh, and five, really surprised me, Pakistan. Huh. 229 million. I mean, they're right next to India. They are right next to India. Yeah, yeah so, so do you think they're just bleeding over? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or they're well, just like, we got to start yeah. making more people. Can this. Move they, aren't, they, yeah. aren't they kind of like They not do friendly? not get along. They're yeah. Not yeah. They are, are... yeah, because this says this figure includes the population of Pakistan-administered Kashmir, because that's the disputed Kashmir oh, region. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, so maybe that's, there's a lot of Indian people in the Kashmir Could region, be. potentially. Yeah. I don't know. This is not a geography or a politics podcast. It is not. Yeah. Nigeria, number six. Good old Number one for Africa there. Um, yeah, you got to go to seven for South America when you get to Brazil. Anyway. Iceland. Learn something new uh, every day. Iceland. Uh, scrolling. <laughs> yeah. scrolling. Like 60 people yeah, there. Scrolling. Yeah. The Republic Bjork. of the Congo. Yeah, Bjork. <laughs> How many can we name? Did you see the, uh, it's a Will Ferrell movie on, on Netflix, the, the Eurovision, you know, the Eurovision Song Contest? Mm-mm. It's a big, it's like their American Idol. They, each country has their own contest where they create their best song. Gotcha. And then they, then Europe as a whole, they all compete. And so like one country, you know, gets picked as the best song. There's a Will Ferrell movie. I where they, never he's from Iceland and he makes the song. It's oh, fantastic. Okay. It's, it's huh. as I have homework. As, as I have not seen that, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's move on because someone else was pwned this week. Still got the guy pwned. Oh, he, he he's so tired. He stopped, stopped typing. <laughs> uh, so this one's from Ars Technica. Uber was breached to its core. Dun, dun, dun. It's dramatic. Purportedly by an 18-year-old. Here's what's known. Uh, so we know this because... The guy basically took credit, right? He did, yeah. He's been very, very uh, vocal about it. Uh, His initial announcement was actually... On an internal Uber Slack channel, so <laughs> I'm here. So yeah. not, not a not a public channel. So wow. he posted, "I announce I am a hacker, and Uber has suffered a data breach." So, with a notification like that, all of the employees know about it right away, and the information leaked out of the company very quickly. So this was not a controlled press release or anything. This, this is like a 56 year old disgruntled employee that's like, "I'll show you uh, who's a hacker." 18 year olds are hackers. I'll you know, be I, him. I wouldn't be surprised because uh, remember, like um, uh, Ubiquity, yeah. the, the people that make the access points, yeah. where there was the hacker that said they got everything, here's the source code, whatever, and then it turned out to be their CIO. <laughs> and so it was like, are there CISO or, or somebody? It was, it yeah. was somebody internal that had full access to everything, just yeah. saying they were hackers. So, like, that, that could happen. This could be an inside yeah. attack. But the uh, the hacker has uh, communicated with a few journalists because uh, that, that's what they did. They notified journalists right away uh, and basically communicated a, a few really interesting things. So one, this followed the, the standard pattern we're seeing these days, which is they social engineered an employee to gain credentials. Once they had the credentials, they were able to VPN in. Once they VPN in, they started roaming the network. And while roaming the network, here's the part that'll that'll make Daniel grind his teeth. Uh, They found a network share on the network that was called scripts. 
And inside, they found a number of PowerShell scripts. One of them had admin credentials hard-coded in the script. And they were like, I didn't know it was my birthday and Christmas. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, so they, they found a hard-coded admin username and password that obviously didn't have MFA on it if yeah. it was running from a script. Right. And, and hard-coded like that. And then they had the keys to the kingdom. That is... Uh, that is gross. what to not do in security 101, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I have to wonder, is that negligence on current staff or was this some kind of like legacy? But, but look, they so Uber thought, they they thought just like China, right? We have a perimeter. You got a VPN to it. It's you fine. Can, yeah, you can't be breached. <laughs> I can put that kind of stuff in here because it's safe. So I know, I know. Back in the uh, the early '90s, when I would message someone on AOL Instant Messenger and say that I was with AOL and request their password, and they'd give it to me, the first thing I would do is go change that password. Uh, so then they can't. Well, you were trying to lock people out of their yeah. stuff. Yeah. So is that the same thing you do if if you got admin credentials nope. as a hacker? You you just kind of just try to right. still hide. You don't want oh, to yeah. know you're there. You okay. Wanna, you want to because if you lurk. if you went in and changed the password, they. They start shutting down systems, yeah. right? Okay, you know, look at look at the LastPass breach where that guy was in there for four days uh, mm-hmm. before they finally noticed and shut him down. Like they they want to get as much information as they can, but they don't want to rush it because then they get noticed, and so they need time. And with work from home these days, you're not going to notice somebody VPN. Yeah, lots in. of VPN connections. Yeah, that's great. Lots of data going in yep. and out. Um, it's and it's all encrypted and stuff like that. So unless you're using some sort of like firewall solution that can yeah. that all the certificates are kind of loaded and they can unencrypt all that traffic look at it some sort of IDS IPS system next gen firewall kind of deal so yeah. so do we know if anything was taken in terms of of customer data credit cards so uber has come out and said uh, nope Customer data safe. No evidence that customer data was touched. Uh, but the reality is this breach just happened. Yeah. And so there's no way Uber has a good handle on what was accessed. I mean, maybe, maybe they had perfect role-based access control configured, and this employee's credentials did not in any way have access to customer information. But that's really unlikely. Well, and- Uber's always uh, been just a, a top-notch organization. <laughs> Um, with you know great examples from from the top down. So Did I'm, we talked sure. about that last week. The yeah. the CTO or CISO had uh, bribed off some hackers to oh, sign yeah. an NDA. To shut them up. Oh, you weren't here oh, last no, week. Oh no, I watched. Yeah. I saw that one. Yeah, yep. that, that seemed fun. So yeah, they they don't have a track record of being the best. Like yeah. Not at all related to tech, but I did see a headline today that the, uh, I think it was the CTO or the CIO of, of Beyond Meat um, bit a guy in the nose. Yeah, in the nose. At, at I heard the, about uh, that. Arkansas football game this what? weekend. Tore the tip of his nose off. So just think really? about that, yeah. Don. You know, you he was so protein deprived. <laughs> but he was like, ah, ah, he raged out. Well, that's why he didn't yeah, bite it off because he's like, oh, wait, this is meat. Yeah, I'm not supposed to have this, but it's delicious. Not good stuff. Yeah. But, Oh, I got a prion disease. <laughs> so I don't know who has a wow. a worse had a worse week. Uber or Beyond. Biting somebody. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty crazy. That's, Dude, at a yeah. game too. Like, yeah, you, like was that what the are last you, Mike thing? Mike Tyson or did he, did he over here? Like, that? what the heck is going on? Yeah, because you got to get close. How? No one's getting that close to my yeah. face. Where I guess they're rolling on the ground or uh, something. Uh, fighting. In, a, in a real fight, typically you get pretty close. to I people. guess so. I guess, yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. You fight? At uh, one time. You uh, did? Yeah. Uh, I got to hear that story. Or something. Uh, but I, 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 <laughs> she was tough. Yeah. yeah. That girl yeah, was mad. Yeah. <laughs> Fifth graders look weak, yeah. but they can mess you yeah, up, son. Just because you're in high school that you can <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. She was in fifth grade. I, it yeah, was last right, week right, for yeah, me. Yeah, this was last week for you. <laughs> yeah. That, that girl. 
Hit my left yeah, next time. Yeah. All right. Well, want to let you know about uh, some webinars we have coming up, or specifically one, uh, Be Cyber Secure with Ben Fink. Uh, that is taking place on Monday, October 3rd. Now, is this kind of like the all things cybersecurity where we're, we're just It's uh, very similar talking? to that, but I, th- I think we're going to just kind of have more of a... Um, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a presentation yeah, beforehand. It's, it's before comfortable. The Q&A. It's just me and, it's conversation. and Ben conversating, keeping it intimate. Conversing? Intimate. It's conversating? Or? I'm, I'm sure we'll t- probably take some stuff from the audience or stuff. I don't have the uh, rough details on that yet, but good. it'll still be good to watch regardless because it's Ben Fink. And the boy's got the skills best. and he's got knowledge. And if you're looking for some cybersecurity know how, you want to talk to old he's Ben. He's crafty. He is indeed. Yeah. That's yeah. the word I'd use. Yes, I, I like that. It's an apt description <laughs> of my boy Ben. Well, uh, head over to itpro.tv slash webinars, and you can register for that one. You can also see all the past ones like we've had uh, we've had Ben on before. We just yeah. recently had an all things cybersecurity with him where uh, it was just the Q&A from the audience, uh, which was great as well. So be sure to check that out, uh, itpro.tv slash webinars. And also go ahead over to techne.do, and uh, you can see all the latest episodes. You can see Send in some viewer mail. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about or why we got the populations wrong uh, or, or whatever we did. Or, or tell me, explain to me why the Earth doesn't just spin off its axis uh, into deep space because of all the people on one side. I mean, if you get on an airplane these days, they tell you, hey, we need to scoot some people over on the left side. And it's true. Maybe that's just me. Um, but uh, like yeah. how he's assumed that the Earth is equally distributed in its weight. I thought it was completely... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And he's assumed it's round. Yeah. Yeah, like if there's a mountain on one side, <laughs> I'm almost positive there's a valley on the other side. Exactly. Right? At the complete it's, opposite yeah. side. Yeah. Isn't Death Valley right across from Nepal yeah, and all that's that? That's how it works. No. Yeah. Grand Canyon right there. Yeah, pretty just, sure. Yeah, it <laughs> checks out. That's just science. Um, but also uh, click that big orange button in the corner uh, that says sponsored by IT Pro TV, and you can get a 30% off code uh, for your personal membership. You can also request a team trial, and we'll get you in touch with someone who can do a demo for you and show you all the great features available for teams from IT Pro TV. Uh, that's over there at technado.com or technado. All right. Uh, I'm going to do some geography lessons. Uh, Don's got a meeting here uh, (laughs) soon, so we'll let him get to that. And I've got to find a spider uh, with a blowtorch. (laughs) What's that uh, pump sprayer full of kerosene over there for? (laughs) Nothing nothing, but I would suggest you leave the room. You'd be like uh, John Goodman and arachnophobia. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Are there sprinklers in this room? You know, if you haven't watched that movie in a hot minute, I highly recommend it. It holds up. It's still arachnophobia and Eurovision. Eurovision. I got you. Are the ones you got to check out. Netflix. And and, uh, yeah, if you like if you like Blades of Glory, it's that kind okay. of okay. Blades of Glory was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you'd like this movie. All right, everybody, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week right here on Technado. <laughs>